0: Good morning. How are you today? Good. Let's stand and I um, want to just mention a couple things. Let's pray for the world. I think the world needs a little prayer right now. I think there's some issues going on in the world we ought to pray about. I do too. Groups are great. Groups are connected. Connect online. Connect in the house. Sign up for groups. They start in two weeks. We're all about connecting with each other. That's how we grow. Um, Those of you online, we're real familiar with hurricanes. We get hurricanes. You may be in the Midwest. You understand tornadoes. You may be on the West Coast. You get earthquakes. We get hurricanes. We get it. And um, I'm glad we dodged a bullet, but let's pray for those people in uh, Louisiana. Also, we want to pray for those service members, those families that lost loved ones. It's been a rough week in American soil and in Afghanistan. And so, I just feel like we should pray for the world. I was at Publix just on Friday, and a friend of mine, I say an acquaintance of mine, he's not a Christian yet, he's a pretty good heathen, he's a strong heathen, he pretends to be a heathen, he doesn't pretend to be a believer at all. And we run into each other at Publix, and I said, you know, the world's in a mess. I said, you gotta admit, there is no hope without Jesus. Jesus is the hope of the world. He couldn't quite say yes, but he did say, you're probably right. <laughs> so, I, we're, we're moving in the right direction. But, but again, those of you that are from different parts of the country, different parts of the world, our hearts are going out to the people of Louisiana. A lot of families, are, uh, military families here, you get this pain, you understand this. It's just, we just need to pray. Will you join us in prayer, those of you online and in the house? Father, we just want to pray for those families that lost our Marines. We want to pray that you help them, you comfort them, you strengthen them. Uh, Lord, it's a mess. And it's a mess over there. And we need help. We need your guidance. We need spiritual wisdom. We don't need the first ladder. We need the third ladder. We need third heaven intelligence. And God, you, Jesus, you calmed the storm. And uh, when they woke you up on the boat, And we're going to ask you to lower this temperature, lower this this storm, this agitation right now headed right toward Louisiana. And we want to pray that you help us to understand your scriptures, your truth, help us to navigate now in this world. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you. I needed to pray. I don't know about you, but I I just, I needed to pray. Um, I, I love this series called Unlocked. And we're talking about money, and we're going to look at some different stories today of Jesus. But I thought it was fascinating what the children's resources had to say about this series. In other words, the kids have resources that you can download, you can pick up back there, and it's a continuing conversation of this morning. So we're trying to help you as parents have conversations with your kids, and they're incredibly practical. Well, This is probably better than my sermon. I want to read for you the the kids' resources, two sentences out of this. It's absolutely awesome. And now imagine this. You're you're trying to explain to your first grader a little bit about money, all right? I think it applies to all of us in the house and, and online. Here's what the kids' resource said. Jesus knew that people sometimes struggled with money, so he talked to them about it often. He knew that money could get in the way of people having a heart fully focused on God. Some people had a lot and were careless with it. Others didn't have enough and barely were able to take care of themselves and their families. Some people worked hard to have as much as they could and looked down on those who didn't have as much. I think the kids' resources are spot on. What do you think? So it's clear. So again, I want to encourage this. This is not just for kids. This is probably for me. And like I said, you might go, yeah, that's really better than Kurt's sermon. And I'm good with that, all right? I'm going to challenge you this morning to figure out what Jesus is doing with three different stories. They're very similar. They're very dissimilar. And you read these stories of Jesus on money, And I don't know about you, but instead of being unlocked, I usually get locked up because they are disturbing. They're provocative. And I want you today to see if you can figure out why all three of these stories really are similar and they have the exact same theme, though they could not be any different in their content and in their context. One story is about a ruler. And the ruler's wealthy, and he asks Jesus, what do I do to inherit eternal life? I think it's a great question. We've always put down the rich young ruler. I like the rich young ruler. I like this question. If eternity is forever, and, then Jesus, and Ethan just said a few minutes ago that heaven is real, if eternity is forever, then he's asking the right question. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? We slam the rich young ruler. I like the rich young ruler. He's asking the right question. And this is a question that everyone needs to figure out. The second question, the second story is so dissimilar. It's called the parable of the talents. And if that's confusing to you, it's not, can you sing, can you dance, can you play the piano? Do you have skills? A talent was a weight of money. A talent was about 75 pounds, And the owner of a company basically gives three different levels, bags of gold. He gives one guy who's like the worker. He gives another guy who's like a manager. He gives another guy a bag who's really like a vice president of the company. And the third story is my favorite The third story is a greedy little tax collector who was the richest guy in town, cheated everybody, alienated everybody, hated him, and Jesus stops off at his tree. So those are our three stories today. And you're going, how do these all fit together? Well, it took me 20 years to figure this out. So in the next 20 minutes, if you don't have it figured out, don't feel bad, okay? <laughs> this took me a long, long time. Here's story number one. We have three stories today. Story number one. says, so just then a man came up to Jesus and asked him, Teacher, what good things must I do to get eternal life? It's really a great question. If eternity's forever, that's a question you ought to be asking yourself. How do I live forever? where I wanna live forever. Everybody's gonna live forever. But how do I live where I want to live forever? Why do you ask me that? What is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to live inner life, keep the commandments. Which ones? Now Jesus is gonna give him six relational commandments. That's a sermon all in itself. You shall not murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't give false testimony, honor your father and mother, love your neighbors yourself. Well, all these I've kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? And Jesus answered, well, if you want to be perfect, you go and sell your possessions. You give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. And Jesus said to his disciples, truly, I tell you, it is hard for someone rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. If that was the only story that we had, we'd walk away from this kind of confused, wouldn't we? This is a hard story. And all of Jesus' stories are incredibly provocative. That's story number one. Now contrast that story about giving money away to making money. Story number two is 180 degrees the opposite direction. That's Jesus. Jesus now goes 180 in another story in another context. And Jesus says this, Matthew chapter 25. This is called the parable of talents. You got to remember that a talent is a weight. It's about 75 pounds. So here we go. Again, it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold. So this translation is really more, I think, helpful Because when you say the parable of talents, I think everybody thinks about, was that singing? Is that dancing? Is that, no, no, it's a weight. It's a weight of money. And so to one, he gave five bags, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Well, it's kind of interesting. I worked on this two weeks ago, and I figured gold at $1,800 an ounce. Friday, gold closed right at $1,800 an ounce. So these numbers are not close. These numbers are spot on. So here's one bag of gold. One bag of gold that was given to a worker is about $2,160,000. Three different bags of gold. The owner of the company, the proprietor, entrusted three different bags to three different men to go make a profit. And the worker got about $2,160,000, two bags of gold is worth $4,320,000, and five bags of gold is worth $10,800,000. Those numbers aren't close. Those are right on. I just happened to get lucky from two weeks ago and guessed how much gold might be on this day. That is exactly what gold is selling for today. Verse 15, he gave each of these though according to their ability. And so everybody has a different ability. And what's so interesting about this is the proprietor of the company said, I'm going to give one of my workers about $2 million. I'm going to give one of my managers about $4,300,000. I'm going to give the VP about, about $10 million, which is really interesting because even in today's dollars, that's about what those positions earn in a lifetime. You work 30 years as a worker, you'll make about that much money. You work about 30 years as a manager, you make about that much money. You're a little higher level, VP, you will steward about that much money, each according to his ability. Now, Jesus has given all of us ability. We don't all have the same ability. None of us in this room have the same lane. I'm not to look at your lane. You're not to look at my lane. We all have different ability. Each was given some resources to steward, and there were expectations out of each of them. And so in verse 16 then, he says this. The man who'd received the five bags of gold went at once, put his money to work, and he gained what? Five more. Verse 17. See also the one with two bags of gold. He, he gained two more. Look at verse 18. But the one who'd received one bag of gold dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now the most important word there is the word master. It wasn't his money. It's not your money. All of this money goes back in the box. You get a chance in a lifetime to steward a few resources for the king of kings, but it's still not yours. You say, well, preacher, I'm paying the mortgage. Well, just stop paying the taxes on it and see who's your, who owns it in about three or four years. It's not yours. It's the master's money. Look at verse 19. After a long time, the master of the servants returned. He settled accounts. Now, you get the idea that the guy owned a business. He's going to sail around the world. He's, going to t- he's, he's made money. He's got business running where he wants to be, and so he gives one bag to a pretty trustworthy guy, he thinks, two bags to a mid-level manager, five bags now to one of the VPs, and now it's time for them to settle accounts, and so he comes back. Look at the next verse. The man who entrusted five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with five bags of gold. Now, what did he do? I don't know what he did. Did he buy houses? Did he flip houses? He, was he a day trader? We don't know what he did. But whatever he did, he took the money and he was pretty good at managing resources. See, I've gained five more. Look, look at the next slide. This is what happens. Now he's got $21 million. Is it his money? Well, he made it. Whose money is it? It's still the master's money in this story, isn't it? Look at verse 22. Verse 26, his master replied, well done. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Yeah, you get to enjoy it. Look at the next verse, verse 22. The man with two bags of gold. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. Now, the guy with two now has four. Look at the next slide. He now is going to steward over $8 million. Do you like these numbers? How'd you like to live in some of these numbers? These are good numbers, aren't they? We'd like to live in these numbers, wouldn't we? Look at verse 23. Now here's verse 23. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now we got the guy with one bag. The one bag, look at verse 25. The one bag's a problem. And the problem is he didn't honor the master. The problem is the guy was given ability and he wasn't expected to get two more bags of gold. He wasn't expected to get five more bags of gold, but he was expected what? To do something with what? With his one bag. He was expected to do something with the lane and the life that God had given to him. But I was afraid. I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. And he's so upset. So look at what happens next in verse 28. What a twist this is. The owner of the company's ticked, and and people don't really like this next verse, especially if if you're a fairness person or if you're a socialist. You don't like this next verse. I don't know how else to say it, okay? I just, just straight up. You're not going to like this next verse. This is Jesus. Don't get mad at me. I didn't say this. Look, look at verse 28. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. Now, you're going, why did he do that? Because he knew he was trustworthy. Because he knew he was going to do something with it. So now this guy has how much money? Look at the next slide. It's incredible. Now the one guy that had five, that made five more, he's given another one. Now he's stewarding about $23,760,000 to be exact. Look at verse 29. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. And whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. What happened to the one servant? Jesus called him wicked, and Jesus called him lazy. I don't know why he resisted. I don't know why he rebelled. But he didn't fulfill what God had called him to do. Sad story. Okay. Is there one more verse to that story? One more verse? Yep. Throw that worthless servant outside in the darkness where there will be weeping and there will be gnashing of teeth. Does God have expectations for you as you run your race in your lane? Yeah, He really does. All right, let's look at Luke 19. This is my favorite story. I love the little greedy Jewish tax collector story. I love Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is one of my heroes. He's the big dog in town, though he's the shortest man in town. He's got more money, he's got the big house, the big cars, he's got the bling. Zacchaeus sold himself out, and everybody hated him. He's alone, but he thought it was worth it. He thought money was worth more than relationships. And so you got to put yourself in, in this perspective. It, it would be like a United States Marine selling out to the Taliban. That's the best, best example I can use this week. One of our Marines said, I'm not going to be a United States Marine. I'm not going to swear to the Constitution. I'm going to sell myself out. He sold himself out, this Jewish boy did, to the Romans, and everybody hated him. But he had money. Oh, was he rich? He was uber rich. And he was so lonely and he was so miserable that he decided one day to kind of check Jesus out. So Jesus entered Jericho, and he was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. Now, again, your goal right now is to try to figure out how all three of these stories are the same. And you're going, Kurt, they're not the same at all, they're so dissimilar. That's your assignment, took me 20 years. Maybe you're smarter than I am. Probably you are. A man named Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. And so he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see who he was, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached that spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times that amount. And Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save that which is lost. That might be my favorite verse in the entire Bible. For the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Three very different stories, but all three stories have exactly the same theme. You ever notice Jesus doesn't say the same thing to the same person in any context? Jesus always says something very different to everybody in every story. How in the world do all three of these stories fit together? Well, first of all, Jesus is not telling you to give all of your money away. He's not telling you that. And he's not telling you that the guy with five bags of gold, the guy with two bags of gold, are better than the guy with one bag of gold. Jesus doesn't like the guy with one bag better than the guy with five bags or the guy with two bags better than the guy with one bag. That's not the point of the story. He's not telling you to give all of your money away. And he's not saying that the guy with five bags is more spiritual or I like him better than the guy with one bag. And he doesn't seek out greedy people and not seek out kind, nice people. Those are not the points of the story. You know why Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to your house? You know why today the one bad man who was afraid, Jesus called him wicked and lazy? You know why Jesus told the rich young ruler, if you want to be perfect, you have to give it all away? The answer is always lordship. Every money story is lordship. Every story centers on lordship. Every conversation centers on lordship. Every context of money always centers on lordship he demands, he expects to be the Lord of your life. So every story is about, is he Lord of your finances and Lord of your life? That's all he's getting at. For the rich young ruler, he knew that every day money was right here. The guy got up, the guy dreamt, the guy went to bed money, money, money. All he thought about was money, money, money. The rich young ruler had money. He knew how to make money. All he could do was have money. The guy with the one bag of gold, he really resisted. He really rebelled. The master wasn't Lord. The master wasn't Lord of his life. He was afraid. You're going to have to choose who you're going to fear. You're going to fear the Lord or you're going to fear everything that's happening in culture. You cannot do both. You will have to decide what and who whom you're going to fear. You're going to have to decide. I'm going to fear the Lord. I'm going to trust the Lord. He's going to be Lord of my life. I don't understand every scripture, but I put all my hope, all my faith, all my trust in every scripture. Or you're going to look at culture. You're going to read CNN. You're going to listen to Fox. You're going to get MSNBC, The Washington Post. You're going to be afraid over here, and you will never get to the Lordship. You have to decide. You have to settle who is Lord of your life. And so it took me forever to figure out. I walked away from the story of the rich young ruler and I thought, who's rich? And the answer is, we're all rich. What is rich? Rich is just you have a little more than what you need. That's what rich is. And who in this room isn't rich? We're all rich. We all have more than what we need. I asked a friend of mine last Sunday after second service, I saw him and I remembered that about four or five years ago, Ethan and I are sitting in our living room on Saturday night watching the highlights of the next day's to be Super Bowl, and my TV goes pop. And my TV just, it didn't blow up, but the pit of hell took a hold of the TV. And, and just caused it to die right there in my living room. And Ethan and I looked at each other and we said, that's from the pit of hell. That cannot be from God. Now, Denita and the girls thought it was God's will, but Ethan and I were convinced this was from the enemy, absolutely from the enemy. So I knew this guy had more than one TV and I told him what happened and he had four. He had four TVs. He he loaned me a TV for the Super Bowl and I used it for like four or five months. It was awesome. He said, I don't need it, I got three others. You see, none of us really feel rich. We don't feel rich because we always compare ourselves to somebody who has more. I, I would venture to say that everybody online And everybody in the house is absolutely rich. And so when I read the story of the rich young ruler, that's me. I'm rich. I I have more than I need. I had choices for breakfast this morning. I had six choices for breakfast this morning. I'm not going to suffer for lunch today. We're all rich. So I, I walk away from the story of the rich young ruler and I'm going, What is Jesus saying? And then I come to the parable of talents. And the parable of talents, I'm supposed to be responsible with the resources that I have. And whether, whether I'm a one-talent person or two-talent per, one bad guy, two bad guy, or five bad guys, not the point of story. It's, it's what am I doing with my lane? My lane. What am I doing with my lane? And that's, that's what I get out of that story. But I'm going, Jesus, you call that guy a wicked, lazy servant. What does that mean? that's troubling when when we read that. Well, I want you to notice that the guy with five bags who got 10, who got one more, and the guy with two bags who got four, it wasn't their money. It was the master's money. Now, the master allowed them to have it. The master allowed them to leverage it. The, The master allowed them to use it. You only have a little bit of time and a little bit of money and a little bit of energy, a little bit of skill to leverage what the master has given you. And then at some point, it all goes back in the box. It's just like at midnight when you finally win the game of Monopoly, everybody else is ticked at you, and you got to put the game away, right? They all go to bed, and they're mad at you. It all goes. So there's a real responsibility that we have whether it's one bag, two bags, or five bags, we have a huge responsibility to manage my lane and your lane. I don't have to worry about your lane. i got to worry about my lane. What am I supposed to do? That's all I have to worry about. I think it's interesting that Jesus didn't tell Zacchaeus to give away half of his wealth. And he didn't tell Zacchaeus that if you've cheated somebody, make restitution four times over. He never said that. You know why? Because Jesus knew at that moment that he was Lord. He knew at that moment when Zacchaeus said, oh Lord, I'm going to give halfway what I've got to the poor. I'm gonna, if I've cheated people, I'm going to restore it four times. Jesus knew at that moment he had him. He had him. He had his heart. And in your life, money is always a tool and always a test. And it will be a test for the rest of your earthly life. It's always a test. Because Jesus knows your heart. See, money's just a tool. Money in and of itself is just a tool. But the test. And so for the rich young ruler, money was his God. Jesus knew he'd never be Lord as long as the money was Lord. And Jesus knew in the story of the parable, the five bags of gold, the, the one guy, I don't know why he resisted. I don't know why he rebelled. I don't know why he didn't live the life God had called him to. The other two guys, well done, good and faithful. Come share your master's happiness. Those are good stories. Those are great people. And then Zacchaeus, who thought money would make him happy, He was was over here in the dark. He had no friends. We don't even know if he had a family. Zacchaeus had nothing. And he found Jesus for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. And he was forever changed. This is a series called Unlocked. I don't know if you're locked up this morning or not with all this. But all three of these stories fit so sweetly together over lordship. By the way, Jesus tells about 30 money stories. And if you connect the dots to all 30 of these money stories, every time he says something about money, you'll notice now this word lordship. You'll never forget that. You'll see it from now on in every single story. So now I'm going to ask you to make him lord. I'm going to ask you to decide whether you will fear the Lord or you're going to fear I'm not going to have enough money or I'm going to run out of money or I'm not going to be greedy or I'm not going to be generous. I, I, I'm telling you, every time for me, what I can do is I can recognize, well, wait a minute, I'm holding on too tight. I'm holding on too tight. And I go look for a way to be generous. I go look for a giving opportunity because for me, what breaks the greed or the fear in me is always an open hand. I'm going to ask you to do four things. Here's the first one. I surrender to you as the Lord of my life. I'm going to give you a minute to pray that prayer. And you got to decide whether money will be your Lord or whether he will be your Lord. So would you pray that prayer if you're willing to make him Lord of your life? He'll help you. Second prayer request is this. Lord, I'm going to run my lane. I, I give you my skills, my time, my resources. You made me good with people. You made me good with numbers. You made me good with leadership. You gave me a good mind. You gave me a strong back. I surrender all of me. I want you to consider that surrender. Those online, I'm asking you to consider this surrender. a third challenge third prayer i want to ask you Father to be the Lord over my opportunities you see he's opening doors for you he's opening doors to use money but to love people I, I think I had those backwards in my 20s and 30s I don't think I got this right I, I didn't get it right I'm asking him to help me to get this right today Would you pray that prayer? But this fourth one is the key. It's the solution to the top three. Transform my heart, Lord. Oh, God, transform my heart. Heavenly Father, I just want us to say thank you for how you've blessed us. There's a spirit of gratitude for our jobs, for our work, for our investments, for our giving, for our generosity, for our growth. Lord, let us not be like the rich young ruler where he walked away because he loved money more than he loved you. May, may we love you. May we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. May, may we not be like the the one guy with the one bag of gold that just hit it in the ground. Whether we're a laborer, manager, vice president, whether we're the proprietor of a business, whatever we are, may we fulfill all that you've called us to have and to be. We give you our our lives, our skill, our talent. Help us to love people. Help us to love all these children around us. I thank you for our interns and our internship program, and I thank you for the 27 that we had this past summer. Oh, God, may we steward those resources wisely to reach the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. But, Lord, transform all of our hearts. We we lay our lives before you and tell you how much we love you. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So I I just really want to encourage you. You stand with me. You stand with me. I I just really want to encourage you to check out the children's resources. It's really good. It's well written. This is a continuing conversation with your middle schoolers, your high schoolers. I think this is great for anybody to have a continuing conversation uh, about this. The most important thing that you can remember from today is that Jesus came to seek and to save those that are lost. If you've never given your life to Christ, today's the day. If you've never said, I believe, I receive Jesus as my Lord, my Savior, there's not a more important decision that that you can make online, in the house, wherever you are. There's not a more important decision than Jesus as the Lord of your life. We're going to have a Beach baptism in October, October the 10th, 1010. It's really easy to remember, 1010. Sign up for beach baptisms. It'll be our last beach baptism of the year. We just baptized 43 people in August, and we'll probably baptize a whole lot more of that. It seems like our last one, people like wait to the last minute to get baptized, but we encourage you on 1010. Sign up for groups. Make Him Lord of everything in your life. Okay? All right, God bless you. Have a wonderful day.